Cool. Thanks, man. Good morning. You guys awake? It's the lights. No, we, it looks dark and sleepy in here. Um, so, I always let this water drop. But uh, So, lucky to be back with you guys this morning. Uh, for those of you I haven't met, I've, I've been gone for three weeks, actually. A uh, long time. And I almost was gone today as well. And, then, and I was like, and then four weeks is a little bit long. But we, thanks for allowing us to get a break. We've had a quick holiday. Um, went to see my family in Bloom, and uh, then had a week in the Cedarburg with Mike and Stace, and then last week we had, we had an elders camp, so that's where all of us were last week, and uh, so thanks for allowing us to get away, it was good to, good to be, uh, you know, just to have a break and feel refreshed coming back in, and, uh, and then we, we have a b- bunch of guys in Stellenbosch today, for those of you wondering where there was, uh, Mike Radigan took a team, and we're leading worship there this morning. I would have preached there, and then I just said, look, four weeks in a row is too long. So we're rather going to do it. I think we're going to look for a date in June where we're going to take a good chunk of us. And we're going to go, this water and me now. Yeah, it's fine. I'll just lost it there. Thanks. <laughs> it's going to bug Corin. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, that's going to be lacquer. So, yeah, for those of you who haven't met, my name is Hannes. I am leading here with a bunch of elders around me. And uh, lucky to be back with you guys in the month of May already. Can you believe it? This year is flying by. Yeah. So how, how scary is this? It feels like the last time I preached was actually at the church camp, which is like 10 months ago. Um, but um, no, 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 it's not that long ago. But end of March was the last time I shared. And we, we, who can remember what I shared that morning? Anyone? Come on. It, it was a good one. <laughs> Man, can anyone remember what was the theme of that morning? To dream again. Can you guys remember that? All right, it's, it's starting to trickle back now. We spoke about Joseph. Man, and Joseph that had a dream, but he was an arrogant young man. And now the, the Lord took 13 years to fulfill the dream that he gave Joseph. And now, back then we said, like, it, feel, it feels like God is saying to us, Josh and Malcolm, it's time for us to dream again. And um, coming back in this week, so one of the things I went, wanted to do when I was away is so I went to pray for us as a church and just say, okay, God, please speak. Like, what is it that you're leading us into? And while I was away, I actually I read through Acts uh, in that time. And one of the verses that stood out for me in Acts 11, I don't have it in my notes now, so don't stress. But um, I think it's Acts eleven thirty four that says this. It says, remind them um, to have... A little, uh, I need to remember this verse now. To have steadfast purpose and to remain faithful to the Lord. And uh, I felt God tell me coming back into, uh, for us, coming in, into the season, that He said, I must remind the church to, to have steadfast purpose and to remain faithful to the Lord. And I feel that's what I want to do for us in this month and or however long the season is going to be, is that we will find purpose and dream with God again as we go forward. That actually there can be intentionality to our lives. Yeah? Are you guys awake this morning? All right. Should you stand up quickly? Because we sat for a while. Yes. Let's stand quickly. Uh, just before we continue, say hello to someone next to you. Um, greet someone. <laughs> Normally we would have sung a song by now. So if you want to sing something, go for it. And then. <laughs> All right. Then you guys can grab a seat. Is that better? Can you guys hear me? It, it feels like when I said that, it felt like the sound was playing over us. Is it, is it all right? Okay, cool. So I want to start this morning, and uh, the, I don't often even say this, but the, the name of my preach, I actually have a name this morning, is uh, it's Making Him Lord. And I want to switch a little bit to teaching mode this morning, not as much preaching. So if you want to take notes this morning, and if you want to have your Bibles ready, we're going to go through uh, some scriptures. And, um, but I feel like um, one of the things that God wants to bring us back to, to, rem- to have steadfast purpose and remain faithful to the Lord, is actually making Him Lord of our lives. And um, I was thinking in the week, I had a conversation with a friend of mine over the week, and um, he asked me for some input and he asked a question. I, I realized one of the, you know, as, as pastors or elders or whatever you want to call us, we get a lot of questions often that guys ask for input or whatever. And I was thinking, what do, you, what do you guys think is like the number one question that we get asked as elders or one of the number one questions that we get, get asked for perspective? 
Okay, and I, I don't know if anyone has something I want to shout out. But uh, it felt like one of the first things that we always get asked for for perspective is like, hey, I've got this job opportunity in, in this and this and this place. I can make this much money 10 times more than what I can make if I want to, if I stay here. It's a good place. It's a good job. What do you think? And, uh, and here's 29 year old me, um, having to, in a moment, try and hear from the Lord and give input into someone's life that might affect their destiny. It's one of the scariest things as a, as an elder. I don't know if he, um, some of you have even asked maybe that perspective, but it's, I can't tell you the amount of times that I, that I have that and people always say, hey, so I've got this job opportunity. It's in the middle of Peru, but I don't know if there's any churches, but I can make a hundred thousand dollars a month, okay? You're like, that sounds like some drug deal, but anyway, but, um, so often we, we get that. Okay. It's not the point of the preach today, but, one of, one, of the, one of the things that always stands out for me, and, and, and this is where we're going to get to the cleaner bottle. Corin is going to come fetch it, so I'll put it down here. But, you know, it, it's one of the hardest things to answer. Because I, like, I don't want to get into the theology of this, because each person is, person is unique. There's no standard answer, and we always pray with and consider with. But, but there is something that stands out for me every time someone comes to ask me, this perspective, and uh, rather than to get into the nitty-gritty and how good is the deal or whatever, but I, I'm reminded of James 4, and James 4 says this from 11, it says, oh, from verse 13, sorry, it says, Now listen, you who say, that today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on some business, and make some money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. That's a scary verse, scary, scary portion. Eh? It says, we are not the first people to think, hey, I've got a job opportunity to go to this and this place. Hey, back in Paul's day, back in James' day, this thing was happening already. And, uh, and he says, oh, we can make some plans here. And, and James is asking, why, man? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You can go there tomorrow and your life can end. He says, instead, you ought to answer, ask, what does God want to do with my life? And then he says this, your life is like a mist. And this is actually the portion of the, day, or the, the point of the story. But I've got a bottle here, and I, after I filled it with water, and I threw out my wife's handy Andy this morning. Uh, so don't tell her. There was very little left. <laughs> but it says, then I saw you ultra fast, which is applicable to this morning, okay? But this is what James is saying. Is this is your life. Here today, gone tomorrow. This is your life. And that's it. But the scary point is, Carla says I must do it in the sun. We might see it better, okay? But this is it. That's your life. In light of eternity, that is it. But the scary thing is, what we do in that mist matters for eternity. And, um, and if you, as young as me, which most of you are, okay, I'm not, I don't want to point anyone out here, but it feels like I'm going to live forever, man. College just ran Table Mountain nine times yesterday, okay? Don't ask me why. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm sure after doing that, you must feel like nothing in this world can defeat you, okay? It's like, I'm going to live forever, man. I can run the flat mountain for years, okay? And it's very impressive, by the way. But um, it, it, it feels like right now, if I'm very honest, I don't think about dying, all right? I think about living forever. But the scary point is, for all of us, on your tombstone one day, or if you're going to have a tombstone or a little urn, or however you think you're going to be cremated or buried one day, there's going to be this little line that says, born in, I'm going to give away my age, but 1993, and there's going to be a little line, and then it says, till 2000 and something. And, uh, and we don't know when that end date will be, but all of us will have a little line that will simplify your life, and that simplifies the mist. But what you do in that mist and what you do in that little line matters for eternity. 
And I had such a fright, a fright is maybe not the right word, but a, but a, um, a moment this week with the Lord, you know, when I was, when I was speaking about this is, um, and, and maybe, oh, man, I must watch my time here. I want to, I've like two million things I want to say this morning, but, um, I grew up learning that the aim for us is to get into heaven one day. And, uh, and how we get there is through the blood of Jesus, okay? So, and, and that is for, if you were with us for the first time, okay, you can't deserve eternity. The way that you get there is that Jesus died for us, and you need to have His blood as forgiveness. You need to accept it. You need to receive it, okay? So, we can't earn to get into heaven. But, the Bible is full of store up treasures for yourself in heaven. That is what we do in the midst. That is what we're going to give account for one day. That is actually what we're going to, um, when we get there, what you're going to be tested on. And, and I think so often, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I think as long as I get to heaven, great. But there's so much more than that. And, and so much more that actually gives us purpose, steadfast purpose, while we're here on earth, on earth, what do you do with your life that determines what you're going to have one day in heaven? Am I stepping on some of your theology boxes here this morning? All right, starting with controversy. Okay. But um, I want to read something for us. Luke 12, from verse 13, it says this. Someone in the crowd said to him, it's to Jesus. I said, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me judge or arbitrator between you? Then he said to him, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I've got no place to store my crops. Okay, this is like a guy who's, he had a good year, but now he's got too much grain and he doesn't know what to do with it. He says, okay, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And I'll store my surplus grain and I'll, ask for, uh, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And, uh, you know, this is not, a, this is, um, not a, just a problem they had back in the day. How many of you have been driving around and we see all these storage containers and uh, storage units that they put up everywhere? People with too much to do, but will st- too much possessions, but store it up and take life easy. You, you got it sorted. Man. It's a thing. It's like we're hanging on to, on to our stuff. But God said to him, and this is not what he, when he, the Lord said to you, okay? But he says to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then, who will get what you've prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And um, just when I was preparing you know, and reading through this, I was, I was praying. I said to the Lord, God, could it be that in this, in this season when we're going to look at some of these things, could you teach us how do we become rich towards God? And this is not a finance message where I'm telling us to give away all our stuff. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I don't know what James is going to share, but it's, it's not that. Okay? But there's a posture for us that we can actually learn how do we live lives that are rich towards God. That we don't store up treasures for us here on earth and we build bigger barns and we sort it, take life easy, you got it. And actually God looks at us and he's saying, you fool, you fool. But store up treasures for us in heaven. I want to read another one for us. 1 Corinthians three twelve. it says this. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, now this is speaking to church leaders actually, yeah? but it's a, I think it's for us also on how we build our lives and what we do with it. If we build on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Okay, so it says each person's work will be tested. Now, what do we do with our life? What do we do in the mist? When that fire comes, it will test. That we build with gold or silver or precious stones or wooden hay. Now, I don't know if you like to make fire, okay? Precious stones, I don't know if it burns at lacquer, but wooden hay burns. And, uh, and sometimes we, like God wants us to build with gold and silver, precious stones. But sometimes we build with wood and hay that you can build better with it, but it also burns better. Bad joke. Uh, someone asked us, what is the difference between a piano and a guitar? The one burns longer. Okay, just not, 
not applicable at all to my, to my preach, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but a wooden hay burns better. But then he says this, if, <laughs> sorry, bad timing for a joke. But if what has been built survives, and this is a, the key portion, the builder will receive a reward. And so here we, here we go where Paul again says, listen here, what you, ma- what you do in the midst matters. Because there's going to be a reward. If it survives, you'll get a reward. If not, all right, then he says, if it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but he will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames. And so here he again says, listen, you guys, the point is not just to be saved and get into heaven. He says, if you believe in Jesus, you can't earn that, okay? You'll be saved, but what you do in the midst matters. And we, we sung a song a few weeks ago. You, know, you remember that I bow low before the one who made everything. Uh, I can't get the key now, so I'm not going to sing it for you. But then it, it says this, I'll cast my crowns before the only one, Jesus. What is our crowns? You know, in heaven, it says we're going to worship for eternity, okay? That mist, here today, gone tomorrow. Eternity is a long time. All right? Right now, it feels like we're going to live forever. Eternity is long. And we're going to worship for a long time. And we, it says we are going to bow down and cast our crowns before Him. Do you have treasures in heaven stored up that you can go and you can, put, you can place before Jesus? Saying, I've devoted my life in the midst for these things. But it's always been for you. And we lay our treasures down again before Him. We spoke about it on Friday at our prep and pray time. And I actually wish we did it longer, but... I'm, I'm wrestling with this thing in my heart that I said, you know, the Bible says there'll be no tears in heaven. Oh, I thought it said that. Then Grant said, no, 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 no. The Bible says he will wipe every tear from our eyes. But I think, I think there might be sorrow for some when we get to heaven. You're know, like, oh my goodness, I'm here, but I've got nothing stored up. And this is it. You know what you don't get a second chance of? You don't get a second this. That's it. It's a scary, scary idea. We get a second, we, it feels like in life we get a lot of second chances, but once that dash end ends and there's a second number added at the end, that's it. And uh, what you did in the mist is what you have stored up in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So it says, we need to appear before God one day and we'll receive what we've done. And uh, man, I, I didn't anticipate to start this heavy for us, but I think it's important for us to carry these things, you know. Because um, I, I just realized, and, and we said this over, the, over March, we've ran hard for the Lord. We've done a lot. We've covered a lot of ground. But by the end of March, I don't know who of you with us felt, but suddenly we, I felt so scattered. There was like so much of life grabbing at my attention. I was just, I was struggling to hold my course for what is important and what to do, what matters for the Lord. Yeah? And, uh, and there's so much of, um, I think this year I started off my first preach saying this. Just, just remember, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. And, uh, and how true is that, you know? Like, I think sometimes we're good with fighting off the temptation and the, the battles of life, but busyness just creeps in, and suddenly when we look, it's like, whoa, we don't even know what we're doing with our lives, but it just feels like one big demokarspel, yeah? And, um, and suddenly eternity, and we don't, we never know when the day will end, you know? There's so many other scriptures that I didn't put in there today, but Jesus says, it'll come like a thief, thief in the night. Or like I said to that guy, today your life will be demanded from you. Like we don't know when it will end. Some people might know, okay, you've got a week left, or you've got a, two months left or whatever, and I think that's scary. But it's even scarier not to know when it will come. And I think, man, I'm probably going to be here for another 50 years. And, uh, but maybe I'm only here for another week. And, and what do I do with my mist that God has given me? Psst. And, uh, and, and do I, does it matter before the Lord? And do I store up treasures for myself in heaven one day? All right? And, um, and so, I wanna, one of the things I felt the Lord, just when I was wrestling with some of these things, um, what I felt the Lord said, so I was like, okay, God, I hear you. What do we do? What do we do? What are we supposed to do? What do you want us to do as a church? And the phrase that kept coming back, and I shared with some of the leaders last week, was this thing that, that the Lord said, return to the things that you did at first. 
Some of you might remember Revelation 2 where he speaks to this church and says, Hey, you guys have forsaken your first love. Repent and return to the things you did at first. And um, there was another portion I used for the leaders where he spoke to Elijah. And Elijah went and he hid in the cave and he was scared and he was trying to preserve his life. And God said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? And then he said, eat and be filled and, re- and go back to where you came from. And uh, I feel God is saying to us as a church, you know, almost to this morning have a, have a pause moment. It's like, okay, psh, okay, whoa, just wait. Life is running by really quickly. But we're not going to be here forever. And it, shame, that's my little one. It's a sad, sad heart cry. Okay? And, uh, and, and it says, just remember, it's a mist. You're not going to be here forever. Take stock and, and just remember again, what are you doing in this life? And, then he, and I, I want you to hear this morning that God is urging us, go back to where we came from. Return to the things you did at first. And, um, and in that verse, it's actually where it says to, you know, to that church, listen here, you, you've forsaken your first love, but return to that. And, um, and coming back to the, to the name of my preach this morning is, actually, you know, when I, when I got saved, the day that I gave my life to the Lord, and I was on a camp, and long story short, I um, realized that I'm a sinner, and I want to give my life to the Lord. I actually said to him, okay, God, my life is not my own anymore. You are now on the throne of my heart. I want to make you Lord of my life. Man, for those of us who got saved, okay, we make him Lord of our lives. And, um, and I... One of the things this I was preparing for today, um, I'll, I'll read it later. But uh, <laughs> hang in there. But uh, one of the, just this, this phrase, Lord. You know, I think it's just something we speak about often in church because it's not a not a very. Um, I don't think it always has a nice connotation to it. Yeah? So I want to ask you this: Who of you have heard a preach on being sons or children of God before in your life? Okay, great. There's plenty out there. You can type in. You can start with child of, and in Google, I'm sure the next phrase will be God, okay? There's like so many things out there. How many of you have heard a preach or a song on being slaves? Okay? It's a bit less. Now, I want to ask you a question. Um, how, many, how many times in the Bible do you think we are being called sons or children of God? Take a guess. A thousand, Okay. 52, or very specific. Uh, anyone else? How many times do you reckon we've been called sons or children of God, or where God is a father? Yes. 10, okay. 200. Okay, anyone else? Hi, <laughs> okay. It sounds like Alan was bidding on. <laughs> uh, one, okay. So, how's this? We are being called sons of God. Or, or where God is referred to as our Father. So in the Old Testament, the, the nation of Israel is called that twice. And there's 15 individuals where God refers to them as sons or children. And then in the New Testament, Him being referred to as our Father or we being described as children, 98 times. So it's 115 times, which is, it's not bad, okay? It's like there's a good portion where we, we refer to as sons or children of God. How many times do you think we've been called slaves? 500, okay. 300, hey? 1,000, okay, we're going on. Let me help you. So, slaves, and with that, where God is being called Lord or Master of our lives, which is really that. A slave refers to his master, okay, master or Lord. And um, so in the Old Testament, we are called that 1,100 times. And in the New Testament, where we either called slaves, which is the Greek word doulos or karios, which means lord or master, it's 680 times. That's a big difference. And, um, and, I, and I wonder why don't we often hear more about, like, hey, actually, yes, we are sons and, and, and children of God, but we're also, also slaves, and he's called master of our lives. I wonder why don't we hear more songs about that, because probably it doesn't sing that nice. And firstly, but also, also because it has quite a negative connotation to it. Do you, would you agree? I think in our, in our culture, you know, if you think about slaves, it's forced upon. And, uh, and, and a slave, I would often see as someone that doesn't have any um, choice, you know. But then we read this in Romans 6.22. It says, 
But now that you have been set free from sin, and you have become, you got that move? Okay. You've been set free from sin, and you have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Okay? There we go. Two things that I just highlighted here. Remember eternal life. And now that you've been set free from sin, you're called slaves of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And our Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, and so, Yemi, I, I, I'm not going to go into all the detail of this. Andrew did a good preach on this in 2017 in the Olive Man. If you guys want to go check it out, it took about two hours to explain all of this. I'm not going to do that, okay? You can go listen to him. I don't have the grace for that, but it is a really good message. But, um, but so, I, I think I, what I want to instill in us this morning, you know, is God should become the Lord of our hearts again. He should be put on the throne of our hearts again. If we want to know how do we keep our purpose and how do we store up treasures in heaven, make Him Lord. And, um, and actually how we make Him Lord is actually, we don't just come as sons and children of God. And hear me, yes we do. But actually we're becoming slaves of God again. Say, God, we are yours. Our lives are not our own anymore. We belong to you. You know, we all are slaves to something, just by the way. It's, uh, just if you didn't know that, John 8, 34 says this, Jesus replied to them, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Who of you, who of you have been addicted to something before? Alright? You're a slave to it. I was a slave to it. Uh, many of you know my story. But when sin came knocking, I, with that thing being a dog, I was addicted to it. I was a slave to sin. And, um, and it, it, it caused God to become, actually, I, was, I thought about it in the week, I had to put the Lord on the throne of my heart again and actually throw my own dignity away for being ashamed of what, it, what people think, but make Him Lord of my heart again. And then the, the curse of, the, or the slavery to sin was broken, but in return, I actually became a slave to God again. He became master. I became His. All right. So we're all a slave to something. But Jesus has bought us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. What does that sound like? That sounds like slavery. Okay, You are not your own, but you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That is an incredible verse, okay? We, Paul is reminding us, listen guys, you've been bought by God. That sounds like um, Alan bidding you. Okay? It's like, um, I'm joking. But uh, that, oh, man, you, you need to know that you were a slave to someone else and Jesus came down and he took on the lowliest form. He, he worked hard. He, he, he was a man, you know. I'm, I'm often thinking about that Jesus living till 30 years before he did any miracles. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm not even 30 years old. And, uh, and like, live the human life before he started living out his ministry. And then giving up his life for us, you know. Um, paying with his blood. I, um, one of the things I was here on, um, uh, what is that weekend? Easter weekend, okay. Many of you, many of you were, were on Easter, but, but this year I was highly impacted by Easter to, to remember that, and we, I don't know if you were here, but I had this big loaf of bread, sourdough bread, okay, and, uh, and, and we, we broke the bread, and, um, and to remember, oh, you got saved on Easter, didn't you? I remember that, man, yes, and, um, and, and we broke that bread, and it's like, man, Jesus' body was broken for us, and His blood was shed for us. He bought you. Uh, it's so cool. What's your name again? I can't remember. Michaela. Michaela uh, got saved on Easter Sunday, which is so cool, man. And, uh, but that, I, I think it's quite a special day to get it saved on, actually, you know. It's like on Easter Sunday to remember that Jesus' body was broken for you, and uh, He bought you from a slave to sin to now being a, actually a slave of righteousness for God. You bought with the price, and this is now honor Him with your body. That's quite interesting. It's, I, I don't think it only speaks about abstaining from sin, but it actually says do something in the midst. Do something with the time you've been given. Be purposeful with the time that God has allotted to you on earth. Romans 6.13 says this, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. And uh, just thinking about that, it says, um, 
I think I'm in a different translation. I'm in the NIV, but it says here, offer every part of yourself. You know, every part of yourself is quite a broad explanation. Okay? All that you have needs to be God's. All that you have. And um, I, I think one of, the way, one of the reasons we just often lose our track and uh, become, become caught up in the busyness of life and the fleetingness, precious, and the, you know, whatever this life has to offer is because we, we start taking back some of our lives. And uh, it's like, okay, God, you can have that and that and that, but not yet this, not yet this. And, um, you know, I think for any parent, just with a young child, I'm looking at mine often, and uh, thinking that God has given it to us, but she belongs to Him. And um, it's one of the scariest things out there. My mom always says that they prayed for me to do what I'm doing today. And they've often um, committed my life to God long before I got saved. But they knew that it's probably going to be one of the scariest things out there. And until I started going to Russia in the middle of wartime. <laughs> and my mom regretted those prayers, you know. And, uh, but it's true. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those times where suddenly when we say, okay, God, all that I have is yours. Um, it gets, I think, tested and tried, and, and, and God wants to see, all right, I want to use that. And, and so I want to, I want to remind you, and, and Mike Davies shared something with us as elders last week. If you, many of us like, we, we had some of our worship leaders join us on the day, on the Saturday, and we thought we were going to speak about worship, and then actually the session turned towards us as elders, and God just worked us, okay? And it's like our, our worship leaders had a, had a bird's eye view of what it looks like sometimes. And, uh, but, but if you wonder what we do on elders camps, okay, we just go, we don't just go away and play ping pong the whole weekend. We actually say, God, work us, you know, change us, impact us, shift us, break us, so that we can lead your church better. And um, why did I share that with you guys? Um, oh, Mike Davies said this, okay? And he, and he, he, actually, he actually said this, um, that remember that devotion... We, what, what we're doing here this morning is, I'm not saying, come on guys, give more of yourself and you better, if you want to be part of this church, you need to give more of yourself. It's not, it says, devotion comes from within. It's each person saying, okay, God, I'm yours. No one, like, um, I think, like, yeah, no one can make you, we can make you do something, but you can still, uh, he has a story, I can't remember who said it, I think it's him, where he says, um, and Akala says that he says, there was this boy who was scared of the dentist, you know. And they go to the dentist and he doesn't want to lie down. So they try and hold him down in the chair and he, he keeps moving and they can't work in his mouth because he's scared of the sound, okay. And eventually they tie him up to the chair and, and tie his head back so he can lay still. And just before the dentist starts working in his mouth, he says, all right, you made me lay down, but in my heart I'm standing up. All right. And, uh, and often, you know, it's like that with church, you know, it's like, if it feels like we're beating you into this thing, it's like, okay, you made my body lie down, but my heart is standing up. And uh, that's not devotion, all right? Devotion is actually each person bringing themselves to the Lord. Acts 2, what we, what we all sort of read in the week, it says, they devoted themselves to the Lord. That portion that James read this morning, they they, that nothing, uh, like nothing was their own, they had everything in common, and they gave of themselves to one another. Now, so the, this is where it all started for me, considering this preach, that I, that I felt the Lord started speaking to me in 2 Corinthians 8. Um, and this, I feel, is probably going to the- be the theme for us going forward. But um, it says, this, And now, brothers and sisters, We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Now, I wonder if the Bible highlights it as a very severe trial. It must have been bad, okay? Like, there's some other things which it's not highlighted as very severe. But in a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Okay, so if I can summarize for you, these guys had nothing. They were going through a very severe trial. They were down to the bone. Nothing. But it says they had overwhelming joy and they had a lot of generosity. They gave. What is it? It says it welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and beyond their ability. That's, I wonder what it looks like. You know, it's like, okay, cool. We've given all that we can. Let's give some more. Money, by the way. Okay. Entirely on their own, 
They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. How's that? It's like these guys literally begged Paul, please, 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 can we help you in serving the church? Thinking, where's Lisa Marie? She outside. Uh, yeah, maybe would you call her for me? Call her for me for a second, please. Um, Paula's going to call her. I don't know if she's busy. We'll see. But uh, some of you might have noticed this morning. Hey, Lisa Marie. Um, yeah, this, this won't make sense yet, but I don't want to honor you. So some of you might have noticed this morning that our coffee station looks a lot neater than what it used to be. All right. And I think it was on Friday or Thursday, we, we got this message um, from a neighbor that just showed that Lisa Marie, out of her own, went and redid all our storage stuff and packed it nicely, labeled it nicely, stored it nicely. Now, I would say this. I wouldn't have done that in a million years, okay? I would just look over that every week, okay? No, I can't care less. But when I saw it, it's like, man, this will make it look more attractive when people walk into church. And, and I, I'm thinking about that. It, you know what it feels like? It's like she looked at it, and she begged us to serve the church out of her own. I don't think anyone asked her. And we just want to honor you, okay? You, you blessed us so much. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, Shame, you can, you can look after the kids again, but I just wanted to honor you, honor you for that. Thanks, Lisa Marie. And uh, now she's outside, not even hearing this, okay, so that others can be in here. It's, it's amazing. And... Uh, and so I'm thinking about these guys that had nothing, but they begged for, please, please, please let me help you. What can I give out of my own to serve this? You know, I'm thinking, um, and this is tricky. I would say this, you know, Mariska and I speak about it quite frequently recently. We're like, our house is quite small. We would like to have a bigger spot. And could we buy something one day? Should we just rent forever? And uh, then should, how much do we store away? But what is the cost of us saving for a house one day? And then we actually can't serve the church now. Yeah, it's tricky, eh? I tell you, I, I wrestle with that. There's, there's some months that if we're a lot more stingy, <laughs> we can put a lot more away, and we could probably buy something one day. But I'm wrestling with that in my heart. It's like, but what if I die in a year? And what does it help me to buy a house then? And, and what if I could have served the church better in the nations if I didn't do that? That's, it's a question, eh? And... Um, and, and, at the, and, it, and it's real. I'm thinking, man, I want to have something at least one day so that Lisa can have something that, you know, it's like I'm trying to steward well what God is entrusting to us. And, and many of you are wrestling with this stuff. And, and, and we, we, so I would, say, I would tell you this, we do, we're trying to draw up some stuff. We're asking people, okay, this is what we're earning. How much do you think we're going to get a loan for? What do you think is wise? What did you suggest? But we're not making a move until I don't feel God is encouraging me to do something. Just can't do it. Until he stops until he sauced me to give generously, we're not doing that. We, we'll give. God is like, okay, right now, this is dumb. It's a dumb financial decision. But we want to serve your house. And, um, and, and these are things we need to wrestle with, you know, because I think that the, because it feels like we'll be here forever and ever, and I've got a long life to go, I'm thinking, buy, store up, uh, make plans. And then I remember... And then there's eternity. And what did I do? So I'm not saying don't buy a house, okay? You hear me? If you can, I'm so stoked for you, really, I am. But uh, what does the Lord want to do? What does the master want to do? And what do we as slaves to that master give ourselves and say, okay, we're yours. Do with us whatever you want. So I, I skipped the, the most important portion here. Anyway, verse 5. Um, and this is what stood out for me. It says, And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And this is where we're this morning, okay? It says, This is what that church did, and this is why it made the Bible forever and ever, okay? They exceeded Paul's expectation because they gave of themselves first to the Lord. And, uh, and this is where we're this morning, you know, we're giving ourselves first to the Lord. And then it says, And then by the will of God also to us. And we're going to build onto that in this next month. And I want to urge you, don't miss, okay? But this, it's as important to God, you know, give yourself first to the Lord. But then we also belong to one another. Um, if you were at community on Wednesday night, you know, and, um, and just one of the things that stood out for me listening to Andrew again, it's like, 
man, we, my life is not my own. I belong to you guys. And you guys belong to me. My, my life is yours. Like I, it's like, I want you guys, I, I look at my community on Wednesday night, I look them in the eyes, and I want to say, guys, I am yours. It's like I give myself to you guys. Do with, do with me whatever you want to. That's what it feels like, you know. It's like, know that I belong to you guys. And you belong to me. I, I value you guys. We are one another. Um, by the will of God. <laughs> and then he says, um, so we urge Titus, as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also, uh, I'm going to skip some verses, and I'm going to read verse 8. It says, and this is important, boss, and I, I also want to say this to us as a church this morning. I'm not commanding you, okay? And I want you to hear this. I'm not commanding you. But I want, you, I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. That's quite a scary portion. So he says, Paul says, listen here, I know this church and I know that church and I know this church. Let's measure how are you guys doing. That's not what I'm doing this morning, okay? But I want you to hear that we are not commanding you this morning. Say, come on, give yourselves to the Lord. But I want to, let me put this away before I keep kicking it over. <laughs> but, but I want to remind you. That we've got other brothers and sisters that is also giving of themselves to the Lord. And also um, devoting their lives to this thing. I want to say, let's devote our lives with them. Let's give of ourselves. We're going to have a gathering on Saturday. And I love gatherings where we get together with all those others. You know? And we're praying in some new members with us actually on Saturday. And uh, it's a big deal, you know. I shared, um, I think I shared, did I share yeah? But uh, a few weeks ago when I was in Bloemfontein, I wasn't supposed to work, okay? But um, Hoya, a friend of mine, his wife went to the labor on the Sunday. And so I said to him, look, yeah, I am here. If you need me, I'll preach or whatever. It's going to be on the fly, but I'll, I'm willing to help. And he said, no, you don't have to preach, but would you pray in our members for us? So I said, yeah, I would love to do that. So I'm at church, and they've got my members who's done orientation, and I had to pray the guys in. And there was this moment that you're like, man, I I've never seen these guys. And I don't know if I'll ever see them again. But it's like we're becoming one today. They joined the Justin in Bloemfontein. We one church meeting in many places. We're becoming one. Is we're giving ourselves to one another. And these guys paying a price for the Lord. We're paying a price for the Lord. We're giving ourselves to Him here. But it's like we belong to one another. And I just want to remind you of that, you know. We're not commanding you to do this, but remember that there are many others in many other places who are also saying, we are giving ourselves to the Lord and then to one another. All right, I'm going to start finishing up here. Um, you guys still okay? Me? All right. So I just want to balance one thing. So how many of you have heard the verse where Jesus then says, okay, but I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. You remember that? So I just want just to highlight this quickly. John 15, verse 12, it says this. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then verse 14, it says, you are my friends. And I'll say, but this is the, the confusing, por- confusing portion. Where it says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Now, I must say, Nathan is a friend of mine. But imagine this friendship if I say, Nate, you can be my friend if you do what I command you to do. That's quite a rocky friendship, okay? What does that sound like? It sounds like slavery, okay? And uh, there is that, where Jesus says, listen here, I'm inviting you in as friends, but I'm still Lord, and I'm still Master, and, and you are still, actually, your lives are not your own anymore. So, um, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you my friends for everything that I've learned from my Father I've made known to you. And what Jesus is saying here, listen here, I want you to do what, you're my friends if you do what I want you to do, but the key here is like, I'm not just going to command it and you don't know why. I'm bringing you into the picture. I'm bringing in, this is what I'm doing on the earth. Be part of how I'm impacting the world. And he said, I'm going to change the world through the church. This is what I'm going to do. He says, become part of what I want to do. I'm inviting in as friends on the mission. But my friends do what I command. It's quite an interesting balance. You guys with me? So maybe the worship team can come out so long. Um, just I'm going to finish up. But, um, you know, in our worship, I think, just thinking about our worship, we've had good worship lately in church, and 
we're doing well, and we're sending out worship teams every week. Mark Radigan is in, uh, in uh, Stalys this morning. We often send our teams to Eiserfontein, and if you wonder where most of our guys are, they're working every Sunday, up and down, own cost, traveling. And, um, but we've had good worship lately, but we were at the camp on, on the Sunday morning, and we were sitting out on the field, and, and uh, Mark was preaching. And we know Wellington AIM was having church in the hall, and uh, it went off at some stage. Yeah, that's the only way I can describe it. went bananas. And uh, I, we were part of that congregation for three years. And uh, that's where, I mean, that's where they came part of Josh Jane. And I know when it sounds like that, I can tell you what it looks like inside there. Okay? It was wild. And uh, I sat on the cross and I became jealous. Now, I, I said to the Lord, God, I don't want good worship sessions here with us where we all um, re- maintain our dignity and and like, but we, we lift our hands, you know, for me to lift my hands in church, it doesn't cost me a thing, okay, it's like, it's easy, but, um, but there's something, it's like, I, I desire a wildness to come out of us, because He's Master and Lord, and we are His, and however He wants to be worshipped, I want to do that, <laughs> and, um, and I want to, I want to remind us of that this morning, you know, is, um, Mark 12, 30, uh, 28 said this, one of the teachers of the law came and heard that they were debating, um, and they're asking, okay, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus said, the most important one is this. Is, here Israel, the Lord, um, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord. So it's, this is, remember, it's Lord again. We are the slaves. But love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. I want to ask you, who of you recently loved the Lord with all of your strength? I wonder what that looks like, you know. All, again, is quite a big word, okay. And, um, and then he says, and the second is like this. Again, he says, love your neighbor. We'll get to that. But, so, but firstly, love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. There's no greater commandment than these. I want to say, if you want to put the Lord of the, on the throne of your heart, worship him and love him with all of your strength. <laughs> second Samuel 6 speaks about David and the presence of God was coming into the town. And he says, wearing a linen ephod, it's like his underpants basically, okay? David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. And uh, can you picture this? Like the king having no dignity left, you know, in his underwear, dancing with all of his might. Now, I wonder what moves he pulled, okay? But... Um, he went for it, okay? And uh, the people were shouting. And when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, um, came out to meet him and said, How is the king of Israel, um, or how the king of Israel has this distinguished himself today, going around half naked in view of all the slave girls of his servants, um, as any vulgar fellow would? David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chooses me rather than. Your father. Now, I want you to remember this. As we're going to worship today, it's not before one another. We're doing it together, but it's before the Lord. And I was throwing this jab at her, like your dad didn't serve God, but I do. And uh, he appointed me over the, the Lord's people in Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified in this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Who of you have ever been humiliated in your own eyes in worship? Okay. I've been. But if I'm honest, it's been a long time ago that I've been hum- humiliated in my own eyes in worship. But by these slaves' goals you spoke of, I'll be held in honor. Can I just say, no one can remember that day that I humiliated me, humiliated me in my own eyes. No one. All right. And then he says this, And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Don't remind us, if you want to become spiritually barren, judge someone by the way that they worship. It's quite serious. No? And I, I want to remind us, in this house, you know, I want to set the pace again for us this morning. I, want to, I said to the elders on Friday, I want to give myself to this thing. But I want to worship the Lord again with all of my might and all of my strength. And uh, not, I mean, not just faking it, but there's times where I don't feel like it, Really? But I want to press through that. I want to say, He's Lord. He's Master. He loves to be worshipped through dancing 
and shouting and singing and whatever you want to call it. Eden loves to dance before God, but she can actually dance. I can't. Okay? And, um, you know, as we get ready for this morning, I'll share the story with you. I remember in Team T, the, the one of the times I can remember, Mervis came to Team T and he led worship with us. Sorry, I can't quite long. Are you guys still okay? And, um, and he was singing, you know, our Mervis sings. He sang the same line for like a hundred times over. And um, uh, it's the first time I ever met Murph, okay? So I thought, this is quite odd, you know? But uh, he sang the song. It went like, I'm spinning around and around in your love again. That's what we sang for, for like an hour. And I, sang, I stood there. I'm spinning around and around in love again. It took me about half an hour where the Lord said to me, I don't see you spinning. <laughs> and... Uh, and and uh, and and I made the rookie error, you know, of being right in front of the church, uh, in the hall, and we were like about thirty students, you know. And I had a lot of pride that I had to keep intact. Okay, I had an image to maintain, so I'm like, I'm not going to spin around here. I'll just sing it, and um, I'm spinning in my heart, Lord. And um, and uh, I just felt the Lord nudge me, you know. It's like spin. And it's like, it's like, oh my goodness, and nobody, nobody's eyes were closed, by the way. I looked around and it's like everyone was looking at me, okay? And, um, ever, ever felt like that? Okay? And I just said, eventually I was like, God's not gonna leave me, so I'm like, okay, stuff this, okay? So, I literally did this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but I tell you, I, I remember it clear as day. I made like 180 degrees. And uh, something in my heart broke, and I wept. I, I don't know what happened with me, okay? And um, for three hours, I couldn't move. I was on the ground, and I cried. Yeah? And, but I remember that day God broke something of insecurity in me, and, uh, and something that I was holding on to that I know how to do worship professionally and what looks right in church. I'll jump, I'll raise my hand, I'll clap when needed to. I can actually sing, so I'll sing, you know? And uh, I'll do what I can do. And, uh, but dancing and spinning around and all that stuff is not for me. And, um, but that day changed me, you know. And, um, and I remember that it felt like if I, if I think back, it was one of the first steps that he became Lord. I said, God, I don't want to keep any dignity to myself here. I will be humiliated in my own eyes because you're master. And I want to put you on the throne of my heart again. And I want to I invite us, you know, as we, as we come to worship today, and we can move all the chairs aside, that's what we're going to do for the rest of the time, you know. But there's times that I feel like doing it, and then there's times that I really don't feel like doing it. And sometimes, uh, Andrew also said this, sometimes he jumps to try and get himself out of the heaviness, to, to actually find God, you know. And I don't want to stir us this morning. God's here. And uh, He's available for us to find Him this morning. He's, his presence is here. And I, I think as Francho is going to lead us, I expect like the presence of God to rush into this room. But I want to I remind you, do not hold back and do not hold any dignity to yourself. Put Him on the throne of your heart this morning. Make Him Lord. Make Him Lord. Make yourself a slave. Even if you have to say to the Lord this morning, God, I, sometimes I, I realize I, I keep my life in my own hands. But I want to become a slave to you this morning again and say, all that I have is yours.